Hey y'all, this is Brian Potter and I am Ashelly Spears and welcome to the Space of Grace podcast. This podcast is for everyday people like us, regardless of sex, age, and background. To make room for people to encounter God's grace throughout their lives. So come into our space where we welcome real conversations. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Space of Grace. We are so excited to have you on today. We have an amazing special guest. But before we get started, my name is Briah Potter, one of the founders. And I am Shelly Spears, the other founder. Yes, yes. And so, guys, today we have a special guest, and her name is Jessica Shakir. And what a blessing that this woman of God is. Mm -hmm. So while Jessica Shakir would say that she has been a student of beauty almost her entire life, it is her 22-plus years as a professional in the beauty industry that truly equipped her with the wisdom and grace to lead women of all walks of life into authentic beauty. Her professional experiences as a makeup artist, hairstylist, TV beauty expert, model, and actress has presented her with the wonderful opportunity to speak, write, and now coach on the ever-important topics of beauty and authenticity. As a woman who has been in love with Jesus, the Bible, all her life, Jessica is extremely passionate about helping women step into their true identity, as well as making sure that every woman in her path understands the true definition of beauty. If we buy the lie and mistake culture's counterfeit definition of beauty as truth, our foundation as women will be faulty and our confidence as a whole will be completely stifled. We must build our lives on truth in order to live abundantly as our beliefs about beauty have an immense impact on the health of our soul, as said by Jessica Shakir. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, please help us to welcome this beautiful woman of God. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. You girls know how to make someone say welcome. (laughs) My goodness. like, wow. (laughs) Well, you definitely deserve it. It's an honor to be here Well, it's an honor for you to be on our podcast today. And we know that we won't only be blessed, but our podcast uh, listeners will also be Uh, blessed today. So we are so thankful for you and blessed Mm -hmm. to have you on and so we know we kind of gave a little rundown of what you you do but we always ask you know our guests to share from their heart what you'd like for our listeners to know about you and how you were led into your ministry yes well I am a child of God I always start there (laughs) (laughs) I'm a woman of of joy and I I believe joy is one of my secret weapons and it's not so secret, but we'll talk about how joy has been developed in my life. And a lot of people might say, well, yeah, look, you have a cool job. You've traveled the world as a makeup artist. You're married to the love of your life. Of course you're joyful, you know, but my joy has been developed. We have to remember it's a fruit of the spirit and where does fruit grow Mm. best in the valleys. And so my joy really, and my fight for joy, my tenacious, like, um, commitment to joy. And I believe joy has a name. It's Jesus. So Mm. I think, you know, when you ask me, Hey, what do you want people to know about you? I, I want people to know, um, I, I live a life full of joy because Jesus is my best friend. And because we stay close, you know, and throughout my life, uh, just a little bit about my testimony here to catch up with where we are now. Uh, I, I realized what it felt like to be rescued by God at a really young age when my daddy died. Um, I was four and he was, mm-hmm. you know, the, I was apple of his eye, you know, I, I, 
my mom and my dad, they just, they loved us. They uh, prayed with us. My dad, especially he would sing worship songs with me and he would record it on a tape recorder back then. And when he passed away, I remember not talking for two weeks and just being so stunned and so hurt. And like the rug was just pulled out from under my feet. And my mom was a widow in her early thirties with four children at the time. And I remember, I don't know what, you know, how old I was, but I remember this moment with God, you guys, where I went outside, I looked up to the sky because that's where, that was the direction of heaven. You know, that's where Mm -hmm. I knew I could be closer to God, you know, at that age. And I said, God, you took my daddy. I really need you to be my daddy now. And Mm. from that point on, he swooped in and he filled that void. And not that he took the pain away. He started to go through the pain, but I knew what it was like to be rescued by God at a young age. And at that moment, God became my, my father, my dad, my provider. And so as I grew up, you know, I, I was put into a back brace for scoliosis and I wore that thing for almost three years. It was really painful, Um, you know, and it it was through the, (laughs) the time in life where children have no grace, junior high. Oh my gosh. Wow. The worst. (laughs) Right. And so that, that was really difficult and that just hit my self-esteem, my confidence. And when Mm. I lacked all of that, when I needed confidence, God became that confidence. Like I literally remember feeling going to him and saying, well, at least you think I'm beautiful. At least you love me and want to be my friend, you know? And so then as I grew up a little more and I decided, Hey, I want to wait till I'm married to have sex. And I want to, I want to give that gift to my husband and say, baby, I waited for you. I just thought that was the most romantic thing you could ever do. Mm -hmm. And so I saw a lot of, um, power in that and a lot of beauty in that. So Mm. I made a declaration to the Lord as a young teenager. And I said, God, I I trust you. And I want to do this as an act of worship unto you and as a gift to my future husband. Little did I know that I would be 36 years old walking down the aisle. (laughs) Come on, queen. Oh my goodness. Love it. Love it. So in that time of waiting and struggling and not doing dating right and definitely compromising, but by the grace of God, I was able to walk down the aisle and my husband was my first. And so in that waiting time, though, God became my husband and my provider and he romanced me with adventure. And so here I am loving this life that I live and it has everything to do with I've been conditioned to just cling to my beloved all the way through. So that's what I would want you to know about me and my life. Oh my goodness. What a, what a journey. And I'm sure that there's like (laughs) even so much more in depth and so much, you know, more details because, Hey, waiting until you're almost 36, um, to some people, it's not, I know to some people it's not easy. I know that even before we started recording, I that you were telling us how some people would come up to you and be like, Oh my gosh, I've been waiting for so long. I'm 21. I'm 22. And it's yeah. like, okay. And on 14 more years. <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely like a lot of, um, ups and downs to that. And I know that mm. um, in your ministry, you're really big on uh, when it comes to people's kind of mm. identity and, and their purpose yeah. and uh, just kind of finding themselves. Um, 
because sometimes during that journey, we could either get lost in what we don't have um, and just kind of finding mm-hmm. it in other things. So kind of with that said, you know, why is it so important for both um, men and women to understand their true beauty and worth, which ultimately ties into mm-hmm. identity and purpose? Um, and what yes. are some of those programs that you offer, you know, to help with this? Yeah. Oh, I love, I love to dive into this. So <laughs> identity, identity is what we build our life on. Identity has to be founded in something that's immovable, that doesn't change because culture changes, trends change, you change, I change, my desires change, you know, uh, fashion changes. We can bet on one thing in this world that change there's always going to be a level of change. Right. And so when we put our identity in one of those things, when they do shift, when they do, uh, you know, change or disappear, it rocks our world from the inside yeah. out. And looking back on a part of my testimony that was really quite painful and emotionally painful for me as a young girl, I look back and I say, wow, Lord, you allowed that to happen in your kindness. Mm -hmm. You allowed that to happen because it was unraveling what I was attempting to build my life on before I wore a back brace. Um, you know, I was a, I was a dancer and my heart was, I want to be a professional dancer. That was my first dream. Mm -hmm. And I loved it so much. And the back brace was a a moment in my life where I thought, oh, my Lord, getting into this metal thing around my neck, metal bar down my front, the front of my body, two metal bars down the back of my body. That was prison for me to put me in that and to have to stop dancing and to have to think, oh my gosh, my dream of being a dancer is crumbling before my eyes and I'm just... I was kind of just starting, you know, I was 12 when I got into that back brace. And, and so I really, I really struggled with that. And let me tell you Mm -hmm. one other reason why that was hard for me, because all my life I grew up being made fun of the way I talked because I had a speech impediment. Mm -hmm. You might be able to hear a little bit now, but it was really bad when I was younger. And Hey, a lisp is cute when you're a toddler, but it ain't cute in elementary school. It ain't cute for me anyway. I was like, Lord, (laughs) because so many people would make fun of me. And, you know, rather than having a conversation and having somebody look you in the eye, you're standing two feet away from somebody and they're looking at your mouth with a bewildered look on their face, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, I know what's coming. Oh, I know what they're thinking. And so for me, dancing was my way to express what I was feeling without opening my Mm. mouth. And then when that was taken away from me, I'm like, no. (laughs) And at the same time, though, God was reminding me, you're your value doesn't come from what you do, Jess. Your value doesn't come because you're a good dancer. Your value doesn't come from what other people think of you and their opinion of you and what, and, and what you create. And so that lesson, uh, let me just like be real with y'all, but that's a lifelong lesson. That's a lifelong discipline to renew your mind and to tell yourself, no, I'm not going (laughs) to, right. I am not going to fall back to one book that I read, they call it a demonic formula of self-value, of Mm self-worth, that my 
my performance and other people's opinion of me determines my self-worth. And that is a lie from the enemy. And so that is an ongoing discipline you have to guard your mind from. But when everything felt like it was being taken away from me back in the day, God and his kindness was using that to build me up in a way that I won't be shaken in a way that I am standing on truth and my roots are growing deep. So when the storms come, I'm not taken out. My Actually, mm-hmm. when the storms yeah, come, right. my roots are growing deeper. And so I just wanted to preface yeah, right. it with that. Um, it's funny. I think I got off on a real big tangent here because we started oh, on just beauty it's and identity, okay. but it's tied into identity. And so all my life I've grown up and it's been hardship that not because God made it happen to me. We live in a fallen world. The enemy of my soul is out to kill, steal, and destroy my dreams and my vision, my confidence. I know that. But every time the enemy tried to knock me out, you guys, God was like, nope, I'm using it to make you stronger. Okay. So the enemy thought he would make, you know, he would cause you to have back pain all your life. Well, I'm going to make you be a woman with a backbone. You know what I mean? Amen. <laughs> yes. Come so on. The enemy yes, meant for harm in my life, God always, always turned around for my good and for his glory. And then believe it or not, like as I'm healing my, in my spine and as I'm healing with my having to say goodbye to a dream of being a professional dancer, although I was for many years, it just was too painful in my body to continue. God was calling me to use my voice mm-hmm. and to speak up. And I thought, Oh, heck no. <laughs> I used to look at a microphone as a torture device, oh my you goodness. guys. Like, get that away from me. Wow. And now, wow. you guys know my story. I can't shut up. I'm like, Jesus, look what he did. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Amen. Redemption. Yeah. Healing. And so in the context of, well, let's talk about identity and let's talk about beauty. Identity and and being a person with a renewed mind, with doing her best to put on the mind of Christ every day, every week, I need to think rightly about myself. I need to think what God thinks about me. And I need to build my life on something that doesn't shift when the trends do. And so identity is so core to how we live our life, how we enjoy our life, how we get through the fire, how we get through the trials. And so Part of our identity as women of God is beauty. We, we reflect the beauty of God. And I love mm. just visualizing what, what it might have looked like in the garden and walking with God with no shame, Walk, like literally walking with God, <laughs> you know? And I think back to mm. when he made Adam and wow. then he caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. He took a bone, a redundant bone that he wouldn't miss anyway, and gave him something he couldn't live without, Eve. And we know a few things about Eve. We know she was a woman yeah. who was perfect because she walked this earth before sin. So mm-hmm. before the fall. Mm-hmm. So she knew. She was like the only woman, wow. really, right, who knew what it was like to walk this earth without shame, for a moment anyway, without shame, without fear, without pain. Oh my gosh. Can I get an amen? I'm like, Oh, what does that feel like? Um, (laughs) You know, and without any distraction from glory, what the heck? Like that's wild. That's so beautiful. And then, but I, I like to read 
I love to read the Bible. Thank you, Bri- uh, Brian, for sharing that too. I'm like, oh yes, thanks yes. for putting that in. I love the Word of God. Yes, and Amen. I love to keep in mind what the Bible says and what it doesn't say. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's, you know, maybe not say as powerful, but that's also key. What is it not saying? And so let's go to Eve. When God made Eve, he created this perfect woman, perfect in form, perfect in purpose. She was aligned with her calling. She fulfilled her purpose. There was, there is just beauty flowing through her and rightly so, because God is a beautiful God full of glory and light and goodness and truth. And for, for me, I always go back to the definition of beauty, beauty is always tied to two things. When we look at it from a biblical perspective, beauty is always tied to two things, goodness and truth, goodness Mm -hmm. and truth. And my friend, Brian Chan, I always quote him because he wrote this beautiful book on beauty and he just so eloquently explained the layers of it. I mean, you guys, if I can recommend this book, it's called The Purple Curtain, Living Out Beauty and Faith and Culture from a Biblical Perspective. So he really helped me um, understand beauty in a whole new light. And so if beauty is always tied to goodness and truth, if beauty is rightly reflecting God, if beauty Mm. is determined whether or not it reveals God's glory, then we have a really good idea on what it means to be a woman of beauty, to be a beautiful woman. That means I'm reflecting God's glory. And that means I'm full of truth and goodness because Jesus is living in me. And so let's go back to Eve. So Eve was beautiful. She's perfect. Amen. But what Amen. does the Bible not say about Eve? We we can only imagine because the area that they that the Garden of Eden was in the Middle East, we can imagine what she looked like. But the Bible in its in intricacy and its detail chose not to add what Eve looked like. Hmm. We don't know how tall she was. We don't know the, the, the color of her skin or the texture of her hair. Granted, we, you know, can come up with some ideas based on what we know um, of that, of that region and the people. But I love that the Bible doesn't talk about what the most beautiful and the most perfect human being that ever lived or woman that ever lived looked like because, yeah. because we didn't need to know because it didn't determine whether she was beautiful or not because she right. was made in the glory of God. And we all are made in the glory of God. I'm giving myself the chills y'all because like, Right. Like whenever I share what God has done in my life, I'm hearing it all over again with fresh eyes. And you know what? I'm training my mind to believe it. I'm conditioning my thoughts to, to cling to this. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that old proverb, he who teaches learns twice. That Mm -hmm. is not lost on me. Like every time I share my testimony, it's like, Oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. And it, it grounds me and it helps me cling to it and my, you know, my beloved all the more. And so beauty, we have to remember women. We have to remember that part of our identity, part of our birthright is beauty. When God Mm. breathed, when he breathed his breath into the body of Adam and Eve, he created a soul. Wow. A soul appeared, you know, and our soul is our mind, will, and emotions, how we think, feel, and choose our personality, our, our emotions, like how we feel, how we look at life, you know, and, and God 
God birthed in us and breathed in us his breath. And so we have a soul. And when we connect with the Lord and make him Lord of our life and allow him to sweep through our, our being, we have the spirit of God in us. And so that is a very long-winded answer, my friends. But in, to wrap that up, oh, that beauty, knowing that we're beautiful, knowing that it is my birthright. Value and beauty are my birthright. And the thing about a birthright is no one can take it away from you. So I can walk through this earth with my hands held open, just rejoicing and looking and thanking God for what he birthed in me. Nobody can take that away. So I don't need to cling to it and hold on tight and hope nobody is better looking than me or nobody takes that away from me or nobody says something wrong about me because, ah, I don't want you to take away my beauty. I don't want you to Mm. take away my self-worth or my significance. Nobody can. But until we believe that and wrap our mind around it and build our life on the truth that mm-hmm. part of my identity is I reveal the beauty of God, um, then it, it can't grow. So until we believe it, then it starts growing. And that's when we can live from a place of I'm secure and confident in the Lord, mm. no matter if I'm going through a summer season or a winter season. Mm. Very good. So good. So good. I just love how you truly allowed God to transform your viewpoint Mm -hmm. on beauty. And you said that after reading uh, that book by Brian Chan on beauty, like God just uses any medium. Like he could use the word, his word. Mm -hmm. It could use, you know, word from others, like in regards to writing books and and sermons. Mm -hmm. I just think it's so powerful. God can really change your mind in the battlefield and the mind. And so when it comes to our perspective on identity and purpose, that's tied to our self-worth, but we see and we've been fed by society a certain way of how beauty is supposed to be, right? And so that's in our minds. And then we, you know, we begin to process that and how we look every day and what we think we should be looking like and where and so forth. And I just think it's so powerful when we allow ourselves to truly submit to the way that God has, has called us to see ourselves and the way that he calls us beautiful is so different than the world, but we are meant to be different from the world. We're not meant to be of the world. And so Amen. I, think it's, I just love your ministry, uh, you know, really trying to help mm. women and people in general to understand that beauty is so much more than the surface. It's so much mm-hmm. more than what you can do. It's really about what God can do through you. Mm, and great. when you are so filled yes. with the Lord and you're submitting to him and everything that he has for you, you become the most beautiful thing on earth because you look more wow. like Jesus. Yes. And so, I tell you what, I want to look more like Jesus. So that right. is, that's to me the be most beautiful thing about a person is the Jesus that I see on them. Yeah. And, you, and you can just see, like God will give you eyes to see. It's not about judging. It is not about like looking at everybody, oh, uh-huh. who has more Jesus than the other. It's just when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit and they're truly walking alongside the Lord. Mm. Then you just see, mm-hmm. like they just—I don't know—they just—I don't know—have this beautifulness. It is beauty. It's beauty. It's beauty. It's beauty yes. because God is beauty. God is beautiful. God is beautiful. And I think the greatest thing about God is His love. There's many great yeah. things about our love. Don't get me wrong, but yes. He is love. And because of love, when we yes. have inside of us, when someone's loving, it just makes them beautiful. You you feel good when someone's loving towards you, graceful, patient. You know the whole. Yes things the fruits of the spirit right kindness patience and so forth and i don't know i can go on a rant i'm going on a rant i just I, I, that is that is god and so um <laughs> yes. i just excited yeah. talking about that because i was just sharing, sharing with shelly you know what makes someone so beautiful and it's it's the lord that i can see in them mm. um their, their heart for jesus 
that is the most beautiful thing. So me being single right now, me looking at a man, I'm just like, I'm, okay, like I have my preference, don't get me wrong. But I don't care at the end yeah. of the day. Like if you got Jesus, you're filled up with Jesus. That's all I need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I went on my rant, ladies, but yeah. thank you, Jessica. Oh, I love that. And the, the beautiful thing with God is that he is in the details and he is mindful of our desires and as our heart, as we are are live close to him and delight in him and walk with him, our heart begins and it should begin to look like his heart. And so our desires should begin to reflect his desires. And so I believe you're going to get both girlfriend. You're going to get a man who loves Jesus and is a spiritual leader that you two can run the race together. And you're going to be, oh my gosh, you're so sexy. (laughs) That's what I say to my husband every day. Girl, I can't wait, girl. I'm I'm I received that in the name of Jesus. So ladies out there or men, God got you. God's got you and He can give you all the things. Even when you think you don't expect when you look at someone, you're like, Oh, I don't know how I feel. Like uh, give him a chance because God can do anything and he doesn't work in our in our expectation or our preference. God gives us what we need. So I just received that yeah, wholeheartedly. Yes, <laughs> and I love you it. know, Brian, when it. you were speaking, I, I, I thought, oh my gosh, I want to read my scripture, this a favorite scripture of mine. And it it perfectly fits. And I love Please how do. you were communicating yes. um, that and beauty and, and beauty is Jesus in someone. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, everything good grows when we gaze at Jesus more than when we focus on ourselves and our problems. Everything good grows, like our leadership grows, our confidence grows, our joy grows. When we can take our eyes off of who we're not and put it onto who he is, there's so much freedom and therefore there's so much room for growth. And so a scripture that comes to mind when I think of beauty is Second Corinthians three sixteen through 18. And it says, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all with unveiled mm-hmm. faces are reflecting the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord mm-hmm. who is spirit. And in my margin in the Bible, I have beauty. This is, and I also wrote, I'm reading, I desire this to be my wow. life and my mindset. Lord, use me in any way you need to help unveil eyes, to help unveil eyes. And so that mm-hmm. scripture is, is so important um, for me and to, for, for my growth, <laughs> you know, it's something, a, a truth that I come back to, Lord, with unveiled faces, I want to tilt my head up to, to your presence and just let your glory reflect off of me. Being a makeup artist for 23 years, light is key. My makeup, as good as it might be, mm. you know, I might take two hours putting makeup on my <laughs> celebrity client walking out into a red carpet. Yeah. And if the light ain't right, you know, right. you, you need it. You need it. And so for Hello. me as a makeup artist, and even it's funny, like people say, how do you take such good pictures? I'm sorry, not to brag, but my number one tip is go find the good light, tilt your head up to the natural light yeah. and follow the light. It, it, it's huge. It's a huge shift. And wow. so spiritually speaking, oh follow the light, you know, if you want to be beautiful and we 
I believe women, we all do in an in, in innate desire. And I think that's a really healthy, mm-hmm. holy desire. But we have to be careful on what we find beautiful. Our, our need right. and our draw to be beautiful and to mm-hmm. be a part of this epic story so and good. to be a part of something meaningful and, and bigger than us, that'll lead us and it should lead us straight to the presence of Jesus. So we have to be careful on what we find beautiful. That's why we have to protect our eyes, protect our ears, protect what we watch, protect what we hear, protect the people we hang out with, because our desires start to conform to those we're around if we're not careful. And Romans 12, 2 is a a huge scripture for me, always has been, but especially um, right now. And do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be renewed. But renew Amen. your mind, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that tells me, hey, the world has a pattern. So what is that pattern? And then don't conform to it, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, yeah, I love that scripture. And um, a, a question I want to just wrap this part up with is, this is another question that helps me. And I love asking questions to the Lord. And it's different from questioning God. It's asking questions with God. So it's asking for wisdom and understanding mm. and I love, love, love questions. And in my coaching program, I ask a lot of questions that prompt and that uh, propel us into thinking on a, on a deeper level or thinking about something from a, a brand new perspective. Um, questions, Brennan Bashar says, questions help direct our mind and set our intention. And then there's another element of why I love questions. And it comes from Tony Robbins. He says, the quality of our life is determined by the quality of questions we ask. And I'm thinking, what? Mm. I don't know about that. Mm, so I, I tried that out and I thought, wow, actually that's yes. biblical. Look at what Jesus did. Jesus asked a lot of questions. Why? So people can get real with their desire. Mm. So people can get real with their core. Like what's in them? Mm. What do I desire? So because what we desire naturally will pull us in that direction. And so if we don't know what so that true. is, we're going to be walking aimlessly. And so Jesus would would ask his soon-to-be disciples, what do you want? You mm. know, And he would ask people, do you want to be healed? Wow. Wow. Why? When I first read that, I'm like, Jesus, of course he wants to be healed. He's paralyzed. Like, what are you talking about? But he wanted this person to, to be willing with his soul to take part in the transformation. Like the question was yeah. for us, not for the God of the universe who made us. And so here's a question that I like to ask myself. And it comes from another book I recommend called The Search for Significance by Robert yes. McKee. And this question is simple, Mm. but profound. And it says, if you think of yourself differently than God thinks of you, who is mistaken, you or God? Mm. Who is mistaken, you or God? Wow. And so that's just been a powerful concept, a powerful question. And and, um, questions for me grow intimacy with the Lord. Uh, If you wait for the answer too, of course. (laughs) So good. I really just, I really love the point when you were just talking about how, um, just how strategic Jesus was. Like, yes, he definitely had a lot of parables, a lot of rhymes, reasons sometimes. And it definitely left people confused and frustrated. Um, but it always, you're so right. It definitely always, uh, led to the root. Um, and so, I just think about, you know, the times that we're in now and how beautiful questions 
mm-hmm. I feel like will help get of how we just need to get to the root, the root, the root of it all. Um, yes. And sometimes it's okay to question, yeah. to sit with questions, to be uncomfortable, to pull those basically weeds um, of the things in your life mm-hmm. out. Um, so healing be- can be, um, so healing can begin, uh, restoration can happen, uh, but new understanding and new ways, um, can be implemented. And I feel like this just kind of covers almost any area, um, of our lives. So, so good. So good. Wow. And it reminds me too, and I don't mean to talk your ear off, guys. I know I love talking with you. You guys have good questions. So I feel like we're just hanging out. <laughs> no, yes, we love good. you and we want you to talk. This is no Absolutely. girl. Please, please, girl, please. So I feel if we could just simply remember that from a biblical perspective, beauty is always tied to goodness and truth, then we can realize beauty can grow anywhere where Jesus is. Beauty can grow in turmoil because if it leads us to dive deeper and to to desire God's goodness and to pray and desire, Lord, give me wisdom. What do I do? Give me your truth. Share that with me. If we're drawn to truth and if we're drawn to goodness, even through the painful moments of our life, even through the scary moments in our life, then God can use that to develop something beautiful in us. It doesn't mean that that sin or that fear or that struggle is a beautiful thing, but what God does in you through that is beauty. And there's another quote I'll read to you from the Purple Curtain. When the outward and inward are consistent, there's authenticity and integrity. Real beauty is the outward appeal, truthfully representing the inward substance. And so I want us to remember that as women of God and men of God for men listening, um, when we rightly represent God, beauty grows and we have to, we have Mm. to have a harmony. We have to have a balance of, um, Hey, I've been in the beauty industry for 23 years, so Mm. I am not against makeup and, you know, (laughs) and hair and makeup and things like that. I think it's just a, a, creative liberty that we have and should enjoy, but it shouldn't take over and it shouldn't define your self-worth and your beauty. And so if we could just remember real beauty is the outward appeal, truthfully representing the inward substance, then we could stay focused and keep our mind and and our heart on the right thing. And, um, you know, with, with me and my journey of pain, I mentioned I was in a back brace for scoliosis and last year, last January, I was in Uh, I had a situation where I had a neck injury and it was, I'm still healing from it a year and a half later. It was um, for, for me and what I know of pain, it was torture. It was high level pain for a long period of time. Mm. And um, I just, uh, I had no clue what was, what was about to come from it. Like, I didn't know if this would be my new normal. Um, At one point for five months, I was temporarily disabled. And at one point my hands would shake so violently that I couldn't feed myself, which is one hand I had to use my other hand to steady my hand to get the spoon in my mouth. And so it was neurological damage. It was nerve damage that made my limbs shake. And I just thought, Oh Lord, I'm a makeup artist. Am I ever going to do makeup again? And also that's just the beginning of my worries. Like, can I ever, 
make out with my husband again. Cause right now I can't even turn my neck. I can't lay flat. You know, all these things of, is this my new normal? But in that pain, you guys, God did not waste it. And he used it, this, this pushback, this fierce pushback on me. He used it to grow my strength and to grow my understanding of his humanity. And in that I, my love for Jesus grew. I I say, wow, I've had this year and a half, I've had some deep therapy with Jesus, y'all. And it has made all the difference in my life. And now you look at the fruit of my life. I am more joy-filled, more peace-filled, more confident in being me and being Jessica on this earth for this time more than ever before. And that happened right out of the wilderness, right out of the worst pain that I've ever physically felt. And I think, how does that happen? And it's because fruit grows in the valleys. And so God doesn't waste our pain. And right now with our our nation's unrest and, and with the ugliness of injustice and all of the tentacles of injustice, it's like so heartbreaking. And at the same time, I'm like, Lord, you're digging, you're allowing this to be dug up. You're digging, you're, you're revealing it because what's not fully revealed can't be fully healed. And so for me as a woman of God, knowing what God has done in my life personally, I can look at this with hope and just cling to the God of hope and say, Lord, you're sovereign over all. Like you're not surprised or shocked that it's happening. Yes, it's breaking your heart, but you will. Your heart is to turn it around for good. And I know you will. And I stand by that. And so I get excited because of what God can do as we're unearthing all of this pain. Deep healing yeah. can come about personally in your life and my life for any of you listening um, uh, collectively as a church and collectively as a nation. And so I just want us to remember, uh, Lord, through it all, help me to be a woman that rightly reflects you. You know, and so, um, yeah, I, I just beauty and joy. I speak of those things all the time, but I really don't think those things grow until you walk through the fire. I have to agree. I have to agree a hundred percent because so this good. is actually my most beautiful season of my life. Mm-hmm. But it only came after walking through hell. And I always say it that vulgar mm-hmm. because I want to give a great image of what it felt mm-hmm. like. Now, I know it's nothing compared to what hell is like, and I will never experience that. Thank yeah. the Lord. I'm a believer. I'm going to heaven. But, you know, um, I just felt like God applied yes. so much pressure, like fire, these past couple of years, year after year, like honestly, four to five years of just sorrow mm-hmm. and pain. But even like you said, Jessica, in those moments, there was there's still beauty mm-hmm. to be found because I, I grew in my mindset. I grew in my growth with the Lord, mm-hmm. spiritual maturity. There was so much growth. Mm-hmm. And so now here I stand in this Ooh. season and God labeled mm-hmm. this season, this year. I tell you, it's the new year God gave me. Yeah. I, was, I was kind of against it. I was like, God, I'm not that kind of person. I don't want to have that. Everybody's doing he the does. word. What's the word that God's giving you? But God gave it to me. But God gave it to me anyways. And so the word was Ooh, worship. And I just was led by God to begin being a worship leader at my church. And God said, Raya, wow. yes, I'm calling you to be a worship leader, but I want you to worship wow. me with all of yourself, not just the voice that I've anointed you to have. I want you to worship me with every part of your life and your mindset yeah. and your way you approach Ooh. others and your love towards me and your love towards yourself and your love towards wow. others. Worship, worship, worship. And now... I sit here in a harvest and it's so funny. I just bought a house and one of my good friends just pointed out to me that my street is harvest. (laughs) 
Oh, <laughs> crazy. And Hi she's then. like, Fry, it's a harvest season. I said, oh my gosh. I felt that, I feel the word breakthrough for me this season. It's a breakthrough. And God is, I just, in all the craziness and all the pain and hurt, there's been so much beauty. And I stand here today, thankful for those moments. I don't want to go back, but thankful for those those moments. Yeah, yes, thank the Lord's gone. Lord. It's done. I know there'll be more mountains to, to climb um, as he continues to elevate, you know, just what he's doing in my life. But I am just thankful and trying to really take hold of this season and just give him great, uh, great rejoicement of all that he's doing for me, all that he did do for me, even mm-hmm. in those dark times where I felt like I was burning, <laughs> you know, but he was applying pressure like he does with a diamond. Yes. Like, there's a pressure that needs to be applied to get that diamond perfected. And God, you know, and the word talk about God being the potter and we mm. the clay and he was molding and shaving me and it hurt. And I was like, oh God, stop too much pressure. Yes. Go. I can't do it. But here I am. Here I am. Yes. And I know I speak for many others. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love- yeah. Yes. Yes. I love that. You know, there's a scripture that I cling to and it, it sums up my year and a half of, of what I went through. And it sounds like um, what you went through as well was equally just backbreaking, you know, and it's song of songs, eight, five, who is this one? Look at her now. She arises out of her desert, clinging to her beloved. And I feel if I had to sum up why, why Lord, why the wilderness, why the pain, why the fire It's we come out clinging to our beloved, not wanting to ever let go. And that shapes our whole lives and our eternal existence. So that that's yeah. worth it. And, you know, Brian, you bring up such a good yeah. point. I, I too went through that. I was like, Lord, you know, I read in your word. It's like, I know that the testing yes, of my faith yes. is stirring up power within me to endure these things. And, and I know you talk so much about, we need endurance to grow so that we're stronger. So that perfection is released in our body. Girls, I got to uh, go to a point. I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to be perfect. Just take it. <laughs> Yeah. So I remember saying that out loud out of exhaustion yeah, right. and, out of, and it wasn't just a year and a half. I've um, unfortunately struggled with physical pain since I was 12. Uh, but there are moments and there are days of bursts of energy and, and bursts of like, Oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. I feel aligned. I feel energetic today. Wow. So, you know, no wonder I'm, I have <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I've struggled with physical pain all my life. It's definitely <sighs> drawn me closer to the Lord. And so when I spoke that out loud, like, I don't want to be perfect, just in my exhaustion, the Holy Spirit reminded me, just, do you know what you're really saying? By saying, I don't want to be perfect. Take this pressure off of me. I'm done enduring. I don't want to be perfect. You're saying, I don't want to be, I don't want to look like Jesus because he's the only perfect thing. He's the only perfect person. And so when the Bible talks about perfection is released in you, it's like Mm -hmm. Jesus like looking more like our savior and looking more like uh, the lover of our soul and our Abba father looking like Jesus is, is the outcome, you know, and he lived this beautiful, perfect life and he drank from the cup of suffering and he held sorrow and joy in both hands at the same time. And the human heart can do that. We have the ability to do that. And so perfection is released in us as we endure and it doesn't mean life is good. I don't have hardships. Therefore, I can be joyful. Therefore, I can feel beautiful. Like I said before, it's part of the equation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I tell you, I tell you, Jessica, right. the time right. you got on, so <laughs> much anointing. My goodness gracious. Like, honestly, oh. I'm just talking, Doug, when I say this. 
We need yeah. to we need to get charged. Like we owe Jessica guys. Like the fact that she's on here for free right now <laughs> does not sit right with me. Um, although I'm just joking, but I'm also so serious. Um, <laughs> this is so beautiful, and I just like me and Shelly, Like we both already have received so much. Like I'm excited to go tell my friends whatever I learned in oh, this podcast. So yeah. Like oh my gosh, praise Lord indeed. And I'm I so blessed and thankful for you. Um, but I'm excited to talk yeah. about this next part of your testimony and journey. Oh, I can't wait. So here we go. You know, so, you know, share with us your journey of growing to become whole and understanding what true beauty is. And I want to tie it back into how did this help you to cultivate your beautiful love story? So it had everything. It had everything, my, my soul care and the shaping of, of me. And again, like being refined through fire and enjoying the adventure God has called me to, and just being really free to kind of run wild with God as well. All of that had everything to do with what my marriage looks like right now and what my marriage feels like right now, because you bring you into your marriage. You don't don't magically change with a piece of paper and a party. And I don't mean to make light of the wedding day, but I, I, I really want to, I really want to speak that reality and have single women here because we can all kind of start, you know, heading in that camp of, well, when I'm, when I have my husband, I'll feel beautiful. And when I have my husband, then my life will be complete. Um, and I want to say, Again, you can hold both at the mm. same time with God. A lot of times mm. it's not either or. Is he just or merciful? He's and both, you know? And so with us living this life in the crazy world that we're in, a lot of times it can be both, you know? I'm feeling sorrowful because of the things that I'm lamenting and the things that hurt my heart. But at the same time, I'm holding on to my peace in Jesus. I'm holding on to my, my joy. Um, and so with... Um, with being single, I got mm -hmm. to a point where I said, Lord, I, I truly, I want you to know, God, if I were single for the rest of my life, you and your love and what I know of your love and what I have in my life will be enough for me. I, I literally, really, truly meant that. But at the same time, I recognized that the desire to be married was only growing stronger. And so I realized I can hold both at the same time. I don't have to pick which one, you know? And so one of the things that really helped me uh, prepare for marriage, uh, and I didn't know this is going to be so helpful, but you here's something you can't do at the same time. You can't feed hope and you can't feed hopelessness okay. at the same time. You have to yeah. pick one, which, which, which one are you going to feed? You know? And so the Lord was putting that on my heart so vividly as a single, because I was, uh, you know, 35 when I met my husband, 36 when we got married. And so I planned yeah. a lot of bridal yeah. showers. I was a bridesmaid so many times. <laughs> and then I started planning a lot of baby showers. Can you guys relate? Same. And so each time <laughs> yeah. I felt the enemy would tempt me to think, oh, it's never going to be you. Oh, you're just the bridesmaid again. Oh, wow. It happened for them. But could it really happen for you? Probably not. You're not lovable. All these lies that we have to audit mm. and capture and just rebuke and push away. And then... God was like, Jessica, 
you have the opportunity right now to feed into your hope or your hopelessness. Which one are you going to, which one are you going to choose? And so I, in my twenties, I started whenever I encountered that opposition and that feeling of, Oh, when is it going to be my turn? That would be an indicator for me girls to be like, okay, I'm going to feed my hope. So now I'm looking at it like, okay, if it happened, if it happened for Amy, it'll happen for me. If it happened for Michelle, it'll happen Amen. for me. You Amen. Know, so then I started to reframe it. And then I started to use it not as evidence against me, but evidence for me that it could happen for me. And so in my marriage, I have now trained my mind yeah. to be hopeful. I have now trained my mind to reframe things that feel hurtful, that like that feel heavy. Um, my husband and I, we've, we've, definitely had to remind each other. And one of the first arguments that we got into probably, you know, a couple months after marriage and it just hurt my heart. Obviously it was like the first time there was an argument and, uh, but knowing that, okay, we got to talk about this. Um, I was very mature and I walked out of the room <laughs> very mature, but I thought, wow. You know, I'd rather, <laughs> yeah. I said, babe, I got to go take a shot. I'm going to take a call. I got it. And I just walked away. Cause I thought at the time I'd rather, not say anything harmful than, you know, I'd rather like not say anything, than say anything harmful. And, and he comes walking out of the room following me and he said the best thing. He's like, babe, I am not your enemy. We're not enemies, babe. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this. And so in marriage, right. you know, and in life, hello, we have to remind ourselves, we do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and there's a spiritual world and we Preach. need to be, 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 mm-hmm discerning, you know, and so yes. marriage is this beautiful yes. gift. You guys, I can't wait. It's, it's just beautiful. Um, and I'm yes. constantly amazed by it and I'm, I'm thankful. I'm so yeah. thankful that, and I know God has just shown me that the level of my enjoyment in my marriage with my husband and me as a wife, yeah, that has been enabled by what I did in my before time. So my before time and who I was and the decisions I made and what I focused on has everything to do with how my after will look, my happily ever after, you know, so I can be, I I had the shirt that was gifted to me that said happily engaged when we were engaged. And I wore that shirt loud and proud. I was super happy, of course, to be engaged. And people were Mm -hmm. like, uh, would ask me about it. And, you know, at the core of it, though, I was only able to be that happy, happily engaged because I already knew what fulfillment felt like. I already knew what happiness felt like. I already knew what joy felt like because I was happily single. And so you bring you into your marriage. So I went from happily single, still being truthful with my desire for a husband, to happily engaged, to happily married. And Amen. it's just been mm-hmm. uh, such a beautiful present to, to live into and every day to just thank God for it. And I'll just say one more thing uh, about training your mind and the, the, the art of conditioning your mind is I also prayed for my husband regularly, consistently, fervently yeah. all through my life. Actually, one of the sweetest gifts I've ever just been a part of um, was a gift yeah. that I gave to Vincent. And it was it was a journal, you guys, that I had been writing to him for 12 years. I had been wow. writing to my future husband for 12 years. 
And there were prayers, there were poems, there were what I hope our marriage to be, what I hope our kingdom marriage would be, what I hope our love would be, our romance would be. And, and that helped me. I, rec- I recommend that for any single woman right now. That helped quiet my impatient heart. And that helped me focus on this tangible thing that was in my hands that would one day by the grace of God, be in the hands of this man I'm praying for. I don't know mm-hmm. who he is, but I know he exists. And I know that God has him for me. And so God began to change my yeah. my um, my words that I would use. I wouldn't say, well, if I get married, I began to say, well, when I get married, you know, and now I don't say, well, Come if on. I get healed, I say when I get healed. And so I have Amen. been so conditioned to praying for my husband, to believing and being hopeful about my future marriage that now in my marriage, I'm so used to praying for my husband and being hopeful in my marriage, Mm -hmm. even when it gets hard, even when we have an argument, it's like beauty can grow even from an argument because it's a catalyst. It can be a catalyst for intimacy, for getting to know each other more. And so yeah, the best thing you could do, the best thing that I did, and thank you, Lord, for leading me there as a single was to was mm. to grow my character and soul yeah. care in, in connection with Jesus, like getting to love him as best I could mm. and can. And then that love transforms me. And then Amen. my transformed version of Jessica, that version of Jessica walked down the aisle. And I'm so thankful, you guys. And so for anybody listening who is in their late 20s and their early 30s and their late 30s, 40s, whatever, and you feel like I have been waiting forever, just know that God, God is God is creating a, a beautiful foundation for your future marriage. And I really believe that as you delight in the Lord and walk with the Lord, and if that desire is growing, if that desire for marriage is growing in your heart, then it's a it, you know, it's how God communicates through us our desires. As we delight in the Lord, God will give you the desires of your heart. So I just want to encourage Amen. you with that. So I freaking love my husband. Sorry, I said freaking. Uh, <laughs> like I Who cares? Him I freaking love your husband. I yes. Him. I tell him like, <laughs> honestly, I uh, 20 times a day would be probably the average, actually. I've said 100 times a day before. There have been those days, but uh, we just laugh because <laughs> I, I'm like, baby, I love you. And he'll say it back to me. And and then the other day, you guys, and I'll wrap it up. Sorry. When you, when you have me talking about Jesus or my husband, I'm like, and then, and then, but to wrap it up. Please do not wrap it up. This is the best <laughs> podcast segment like ever. Please continue so to uh, bless us with your anointing. Yeah. <laughs> but to wrap it up, I was standing at my desk the other month and I, I caught myself saying, I love you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. I love you. Thank you. Oh, I love you. My, my mental, you know, narrative, this, this, this dialogue with Jesus is just going on in my head. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. And then I kind of looked back on my life and I have always said, I love you, Jesus. I love you out loud or in my head or in my heart. And so it makes perfect sense that I do the same thing with my husband. You know, so I was conditioned to to be a certain way and to love a certain way and to accept the love of my heavenly beloved. And now when my, now that my husband is in my life, Mm. now I'm ready. I'm conditioned. That's what I do. That's who I am. Now I can love on and accept the love of my husband 
my earthly beloved because I've been trained and conditioned by God to be the wife that I am today. And so I just, I truly believe you do not need to be in a bunch of relationships to learn how to be a good wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you get into relationship, it's your time to walk the walk, but I truly believe the Holy Spirit teaches us what we need. My goodness. So good. Um, I love when you talked about hope and hopeless, um, because it reminded me of how mm. when God told me, you know, are you going to feed your faith or are you going to feed your fears? And so, um, so my mm. waiting season <laughs> um, is more of kind of waiting for waiting for the proposal I have been told and hinted towards. <laughs> so I know. Oh, it is this something. Is <laughs> so, um, so definitely yes. like in this limbo, yes. and then, um, and I mean, honestly, like I'm always reminded of like, okay, what's your role as a woman? You just wait. <laughs> um, he has to do all these other things. You just wait, <laughs> and but sometimes it can, you know, like you said, like when it comes to your mindset, um, there are so many things that will either feed your faith or feed your fears. There are so many things that are going to make you hopeful or make yeah. you hopeless. And our mind just kind of runs rampant. Mm-hmm. And it's like we have to be the yeah. um we have to be the leader of our own mind to tell it where it needs to go or it's going to go um all over the That's place. True. And then you will find yourself wow. either in this awful headspace but along with that headspace aligns with your emotions. So now you're in this like complexity of emotions and the emotions have your actions and you know either you become distant you become withdrawn you begin to kind of follow your thoughts um and sometimes Mm -hmm. they feed Mm -hmm. out of our own insecurity and our own um our own fears (laughs) um and so we definitely you know we got to use the word of god to kind of come in alignment with um, with our thought process and Preach. yeah, it's not easy at all. Um, I've definitely been down that road so many yeah. times and, um, I grew up with an older brother and so, and my brothers grew up, he grew up with a bunch of women. And yeah. so I think he learned us well. And so I will never forget the day that I was like talking to him and I think I was just emotional teenager and he just looked at me and he was like, <laughs> Girl, most of your issues are just in your head. <laughs> and I was like, wait, oh. what? <laughs> and he and and I'll never forget it. And I'll never forget it. Because wow has that yeah. translated so differently, but like reality, Ooh. like just kind of awakened as I got older of wow, some of our issues are really cooked up yes. into our from our own assumptions from our own fears and they just kind of mix together. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, we have this sticky situation, this mess, this drama that like outburst and it was never necessary because, <laughs> because it was, it was rooted, but it was rooted, you know, in our fears. So oh. I just wanted to just kind of elaborate, but extend and affirm the fact that yes, you know, the, yes. our mind is, is, our mind is powerful. It is a powerful place. Cause just like Jesus yes. asked all those questions to provoke what was inside of yes. man. Um, it was that thought process that people had yes. to have. And so our mind is so 
Yes. It's a, it can be a beautiful, creative playground, or it can yeah. be a dangerous place. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we have to discern mm-hmm. where is it going? Where are we going? Where are we leading it to? Um, so yeah, so I just, yeah. just wanted to elaborate on that, but also That's just so appreciate, good. you know, Jessica, this has definitely been such a, a beautiful time with you. Um, and I know our listeners are soaking it up just like Briah and I are. And so kind of as we conclude this episode, um, I just wanted to know, like thinking about the lines of grace, um, for your final words, you know, what areas Mm. did you have to allow yourself grace in, um, either in becoming whole or waiting? Um, and you know, how did you kind of yeah. embrace that and found that? Um, and then where can our listeners find you? Uh, thank you. And I love what you shared. That's so important to, to realize that we can even reframe, well, we can choose fear or faith and um, knowing that it takes work. And I don't want anybody listening to think like, oh, I'm not there yet. I haven't, I haven't mastered my mind yet. I'm, you know, not like, you know, the girl is speaking. It's, holy cow, it's a uh, daily, hourly, minute discipline, honestly. And I like to reframe that as, hey, it's an adventure. I get to do this work with God. I get to capture my thoughts. I get to step back and think about what I'm Mm, thinking about. Um, And so I just want to offer that reframe too, because I don't want anybody to feel overwhelmed by any of this, because it is by the grace of God that we are transformed. And it is... Grace has been a a deeper lesson for me when once my husband came into the picture. And so it's beautiful how it ties together because I talked so much about him and our marriage. And and now we're ending it with the topic of grace. You know, I grew up knowing the Lord. I grew up loving the Lord. Um, Thankfully, I just I don't know one day on this earth without knowing the Lord's love. And that is my Wow. I just, I can never say thank you enough for the Lord for that. And and with Mm -hmm. that, the devil tries to even use that gift against me. And so growing up and, and, you know, my, my story now, you know, wanting to remain pure and wanting to save myself from marriage. I was 36 and I was, I definitely not flawless in my attempt to stay on the straight and narrow. Um, And at 30, I remember it being even a greater burden, you know, like the temptation Mm -hmm. to think, well, what am I waiting for? Honestly, am I, is this really even, you know, just those temptations to think that way, I would have to push that out. And so knowing that it is by the grace of God that I am in the marriage that I'm in. It is by the grace of God that I saved myself for my my husband, but it wasn't without fighting through shame and guilt. And so when my husband came into the picture, this just pure love entered into my world. And I immediately reveled in that and rejoiced mm-hmm. in it. But also immediately it was like, why did I ever compromise along the way? Why didn't I trust God more? Mm -hmm. He told me this was in my future and I didn't trust him. All the times I had detour and pain and entering into guilt and shame were times when I did my own thing, when I took my eyes off gazing on Jesus and his truth. And I trusted in my decision-making over his, you know, commands. And so I battled with that and, and I, 
just it's like the devil can poke holes in our attempt of righteousness and our attempt of purity all day long, but he can never poke any holes in the purity of Jesus Christ. And so I was only able to walk down the aisle wearing white and and just feeling pure and beautiful and glowing from the inside out because Jesus, mm. the blood of Jesus, the purity of Jesus, the forgiving grace of Jesus was over me. And so even, you know, yes, I was a virgin on my wedding day, but I am not a stranger to sexual shame. And that haunts you and that's heavy, but Jesus can take that away. And so one of the, the songs that we played at our wedding for the for the communion was ever be mm. your praise will ever be on my lips. And there's a, a lyric that, um, known by her new name, you've taken away her shame. And now I will always say, I will always sing your praise will ever be on my lips. I really felt that once my husband's love and my husband appeared in my life, God used him to help me grow an understanding of God's grace and help me grow mm. an understanding of having grace for myself and knowing that grace is what fuels my transformation. It what is what fuels the ability that I have to renew my mind, to make decisions that put me in a position where I just feel so close to God. It's, it's, it's a grace fueled life. And I think looking back, the enemy tempted me knowing God all my life. He tempted me with, um, well, you know, the Bible, you know, better, you make that decision. Like, but no, no matter how much we know of, of the word of God, we still need the grace of God. And we still need to have that discerning ear to follow his lead and be obedient and, and implement immediate obedience. My goodness. If I implemented immediate obedience, I would have avoided a lot of pain in my life. And oh, so, wouldn't we all? Right? <laughs> so I just think like my, my final just to wrap a little bow on this thought of grace and grace fueling your life is let's let's wait on whatever we're waiting for waiting for an engagement waiting for a, you know a husband to enter into the picture waiting on a healing waiting on a baby waiting on to have a baby waiting for turmoil and unrest to settle down in on our nation whatever we're we're waiting on i just hope that we can Look at this as a chance to worship the Lord in our waiting. Wait as an act of worship. Wow. Wait as an act of worship. (laughs) So good. Especially me being one who struggles with waiting. It's a challenge. Mm -hmm. I know I have the ability because the Holy Spirit has, is, is patience, but you know, God specifically in my life, it's, it's my testimony is a little Mm -hmm. bit unique. And the fact that I've kind of waited just about for everything that I've had, from friendships to, you know, finding the, the best, uh, you know, district mm-hmm. to work in as a school counselor to dating. It's just like everything that matters in life. God has led me to wait like four or like 10 or 15 plus years for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sit back now in a place of spiritual maturity where I could be thankful for that, mm-hmm. but it still hurts sometimes. Like I, I was like, I was like talking to Shelly earlier this week. I was mm-hmm. like, Shelly, what person mm-hmm. do you know begs and prays the Lord for friends? Like that it's, and not that I'm not a person that doesn't enjoy that. I'm very extroverted. So I never mm-hmm. understood like, why couldn't that come naturally? Like people who I could trust and, and who really just walk with the Lord. And I pray like, God, send me true godly friends who will just love on me, not be jealous hearted mm-hmm. and who will walk for you. And I always say, and people 
I've heard me say this before, you know, mm-hmm. Shelly is my answered prayer. Mm-hmm. But it took until I was, what, 24 years old to, to receive Shelly. But thank God mm-hmm. I received her. And, uh, and I'm not yeah. going to, you know you know, go to God. I'm like, why it took so long? I kind of do in the back of my mind, but I'm thankful for her now. Mm-hmm. You know, she's here now. So <laughs> God's always like, well, yeah, I had to wait because you need to, you needed it, you know, yeah. now in this season and, and be thankful that you have, you know, the blessings that I've given you that you might've waited for a long time for, but be thankful for it now and not look back in the past. So yeah, there's so much beauty in the wait. And, mm-hmm. uh, I do, feel convicted to just mm-hmm. really give the weight over to God as a source of worship as back to my season of the year. The word of the year that God gave me is worship. <laughs> Amen, Jessica. So worship. this is just speaking so much <laughs> life into me right now. So thank you. Thank you for your vulnerability <laughs> and authenticity. Yes. Oh, praise God. Oh, I'm honored. Yeah. Thank you for creating oh, the space and inviting me into it. So. <laughs> Really honored. We Thank love you. you. We love you. I just love you, girl. Yes. <laughs> oh, thanks. So, yeah, I mean, you know, as we're closing, Jessica, you know, there's so much that you shared and blessed us with. Is there any final words that you'd like for our listeners to know that you would share with us? And then also, how can our listeners find you on social media? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll leave it with a, a sentiment on beauty that has helped me. And I love to remind women this is authentic beauty begins in the soul and works its way outward. Therefore, it's nothing that you can apply or buy. It's something that has to be unveiled. And that's why I love the scripture I shared with you, 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 18, about unveiling our eyes looking and gazing at Jesus and his light, his glory is reflected off of us. And so we get to unveil the beauty that is already in you because it's your birthright. Mm. So I want you to live from that place and not for it. Live from that place of love, live from that place of belovedness, live from this place of freedom. If you have Jesus in your life and if you've made him not just your savior, but King and Lord, where you allow him to make decisions, where you hear his voice and you obey that, then freedom is your your gift. That's a, the, a fruit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and love and joy and peace and kindness. And and so we get to live from that place and not for it. And that that shift for me just a couple of years ago made a huge difference in my yes. world, in my thought life, in my in my everything. And so I want to leave you mm-hmm. with that. And and y'all can catch up with me. I'm on Instagram quite a bit. I, I do love that platform. Um, I love to connect with people there. And even just the DM feature, the voice note feature, where I'll send back like a little prayer real quick on voice note. <laughs> That's really uh, something that I love doing. And so you can find me on Instagram at Jessica Shakir Beauty. And it's Shakir, S-H-A-K-I-R. And you can learn more about my coaching programs I offer, the virtual events that I offer, the summits that I do on jessicashakirbeauty.com on my website. And I'm also on Facebook under Jessica Shakir Beauty. Um, I recently launched a ministry called Hope Floats, and that came out of quarantine, the stay-at-home order. I just felt God putting something on my heart like, hey, create, create a community uh, just create something and invite women and dive into the word together and worship together. And so 
we've grown that community and that's been a beautiful ministry. We have a global sisterhood of Jesus loving women. Um, and so you can find the hope floats Mm -hmm. Facebook page on Facebook and uh, yeah. And so I'm excited to continue growing a community, even if it's virtually, because that's really exciting for me and you can connect and begin a friendship with women in Mongolia or Kenya all the way from my living room in Orange County, California. (laughs) So that's where you can find me. Love it. Love it. Love it, Jessica. So guys, please go check out this wonderful Beautiful woman of God, inside and out. Um, and as you have, if you stayed all the way to the end, you, I hope you you're a champ. so much. You're a champ, <laughs> but it's worth it. So congrats to you because now you have received so much wisdom in the Lord mm-hmm. and just been able to take in the a special anointing on Jessica and her life. So Jessica, it was an honor. Mm-hmm. You blessed us. And there are so many yeah. wisdom nuggets that I have taken from this that I cannot wait to go <laughs> share with my closest friends and just marinate on with the Lord. So God bless you. Thank you so much. This was beautiful. We hope that you enjoyed that episode and will continue to make room and space for grace. Make sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. You can connect with us by going to our Milkshake account at msha.ke slash space of grace podcast where you'll find our instagram facebook website and ways to listen to space of grace don't forget to tune in every monday it's gonna be dope